Welcome to what um, I guess is the first episode of The Imperfect Me. Um, my name is Kieran Haw, and uh, yeah, this is my little foray into podcasting. Um, you know, why I'm doing this, or who I am, or why you're even listening to this. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of questions that need to be answered, but, you know, I guess let me start from sort of the reasoning behind why I'm doing this is, you know, I think there's a lot of therapeutic benefits of, of just talking. And it doesn't mean that you have to just kind of talk. Um, it doesn't mean you have to just talk uh, to someone. I think just verbalizing a lot of what you're going through, what you, you, you know, need to say, what you need to kind of work through. I think there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, you know, this is a very, very informal sort of process. Um, if you are listening to this, you probably just heard a car go by because I'm just doing this while I'm going for a walk. You know, I think that's part of the sort of mental health that I'm trying to figure out, um, getting outside more, um, you know, just sort of being healthy. And a lot of that is tied to movement. And, you know, I'll talk more, a little bit more about me and, and, and that struggle. But, um, so yeah, so this is, I wouldn't even call it episode one. I mean, who knows how many episodes, how many, you know, how many recordings I do. Um, this is maybe, uh, you know, this is like a beta version, if you will, um, you know, just kind of figuring out, you know, is this something I want to do? Is this something I want to stick with? Um, I don't know, you know, to be honest, I've always liked the idea of, you know, podcasts and, and that sort of conversational, um, medium. I listen quite a bit to many different podcasts and I'm definitely a fan of quite a bit. And, you know, and, and that's something that I want to explore more and, and kind of see where there might be some viability into, well, how do I take advantage of this, you know, this medium? And at the end of the day, I think what, you know, I'm looking at is, you know, the main focus is, is this something that can help me and in, in my struggles? But I, I, there's a small sliver of me that feels like this could potentially something valuable for, for other people. Um, you know, especially sort of middle-aged men like myself who go through, you know, sort of a lot of struggles, whether mentally or physically or health or whatever struggle that's going through with it. And, and there's this sort of culture of not being able to talk about it. Right. Like, you know, even with your friends or or whatever, it's like it's a very it's a very masculine sort of mentality. And, you know, that's dangerous. And, and, and I think that's where, you know, unfortunately, I've I've witnessed, you know, some people, some friends who have taken their lives and, you know, people that you look out on the surface like, oh, they're happy, they're whatever they, you know, they have whatever it is you think they have. And then next, you know, you, know, you get that message, that call saying, hey, so-and-so, you know, committed suicide. And you're like, what, how did that even, 
it doesn't make sense, right? And I think a lot of it is because, and again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a digital person. I'm a, you know, corporate person. I am not a, a psychologist or a therapist or anything. So everything I say is basically pure on my own opinion and probably most of it is wrong. But that's where, you know, I look at it where I kind of look at someone else's struggles then I look at my struggles and say, huh, well, I could see, I could see why. Or I could see, like, I, 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 it's not like this implausible, like, I mean, how I don't understand how someone could do that. I'm like, if I look at my own struggles, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could see getting to a certain point and just saying, like, you know what? Enough's enough. And, and that's, that's tough, right? And I think that's part of this, this sort of therapeutic need, right? Is that, you know, you look at, you know, I look at my life. I look at, you know, where I'm at and, and say, like, okay, well, why am I not happier, right? And, and that could be just years and years and years of depression or anxiety and this and that. But then you kind of look at where I'm at. It's like... Well, I can see that. And now this isn't a, there's no suicidal tendencies. There's nothing along that for me. It's just more of like, well, I can see someone, you know what? This is just enough, right? And, and, and that shouldn't be the case. And I think a lot of that has to do with the inability to communicate. Um, and, and that's definitely something that I think we all struggle with and, so anyway, so that is, I mean, some sort of ramble, five-minute ramble on, you know, what this is. Um, so, you know, I, I, I hope to put some structure behind this. But for now, I think the good, uh, you know, good place to start is just kind of more about me, right? So, so somehow you ran across this and, you know, it resonates in one way or another. I think this is where... You know, I want to kind of give that, okay, well, you know, who's, who is this guy, right? So, um, I'm 49 years old, uh, which is a mind-blowing sort of number because, you know, in the next few months, I will be turning 50, which just is like, how did that happen? Um, yeah, I feel like I just turned 30 um, not so long ago, and it was definitely something that I wouldn't say snuck up on me, but it's definitely something that I feel, you know, just, I, I would probably say when I turned 49, you know, I think that's when I had that moment of like, oh crap, like I'm going to turn 50. And now, I mean, I, I think I've, I've always been someone that, you know, has had a kind of, kind of morbid look of life like you know not this blind like I'm gonna live forever kind of mentality or not or ignoring you know some of those I, I think I've always had there's always been that on my on my mind um, which probably relates to if, if I was talking to a therapist would connect that the dots to you know you know all the other issues I'm dealing with where you know I there was a time in my early 20s where I, I just was convinced I wasn't going to see 30. I just wasn't. Like, I, whether my own doing or, or like, just whatever. I just, like, I'm not going to... I just had this mentality. I don't know why. I just kind of had that thought. 
And it wasn't something like I shared with anybody, right? It was just more of like, yeah, no, like this is this is my last go of it. Um, obviously, that wasn't the case, but you know, it's something where I think it's a Nas line, Nas the the rapper, where he talks about um, you know, sleep is the cousin of death, and and there's been a constant. I mean, for as long as I can remember this almost being afraid to go to sleep because afraid I'm not going to wake up. And that by itself is just tiring. Um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of this, you know, I, I kind of hit 49 and I'm like, okay, I'm about to hear it turn 50. And like, then you start thinking 50. Well then, you know, the next milestone is 60. And that's basically you know, close to retirement, and your retirement, you know, have this thing of like, okay, well, you're obviously going to be, you know, I mean, that's basically, that's it, right? I mean, that useful, young sort of life, you know, is no longer there, right? And and again, it, you know, I think age is something that kind of comes down to what you make of it. I mean, I would probably say I was not healthy physically for most of my 20s, Um so whether or not how, you know, how active I am in my 50s, uh, you know, based on how healthy I get or how healthy I am, you know, it's, it definitely ages just a number, right? Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I'm turning 50, which is just like, I don't know, for so many years, I didn't even want to tell people my age, right? Like, like I always felt like, Oh, like, you know, in my career, my job, oh my God, I'm 40 or whatever. And I should be, you know, higher up. I'm almost embarrassed or whatever. And I have had a great career, but it's always like, you know, I almost like took five years off of my, my age. Right. So if I was 40, I told people I was 35. Right. And if I was 45, I told people I was 40. And I still do that to some extent because, you know, there's a certain part, especially, you know, in, in sort of the corporate world like oh you're 50 oh you know you're you know you know too old for this position or whatever it might be I, I and I don't I don't know if that's the case but that's kind of my fear and it's also the perception of like you know being in a room where you're the oldest person like there's there's a switch that happens when you're kind of like the average age and then all of a sudden you're like on a higher end and then all of a sudden you're the you know the oldest one in the room but you're not the highest level in the room that's a, that's a tough little thing to bear. Um, you know, and that's something that, you know, why I think 50 becomes like, sh- crap. I'm like, like that's, that's 50. That's not like you turn 40 and you can kind of, oh, whatever, 40. I was like, no, 50. That's a, that's a big number. Um, you know, and I would say, you know, I'd say that. It just also brings up like, you know, I was talking about that mortality, it's like, okay, well, what do I want the next half of my life? If I'm at middle age, if I'm going to live to 100, right, God willing, what do I want the second half of my life to be? And it's, a lot of it is not what, I, what happened in my first half, you know? And, and, you know, this is something that, you know, I struggle with where I had and have a good life. But I think a lot of it was filled with unhappiness, a lot of it filled with, you know, just struggles and anxiety, um, you know, just, 
you know, a lot. Um, yeah, I guess this is where, you know, this is, you know, going to me, you know, so uh, I give a kind of a, and I'm probably going to ramble, I, and God, for, I don't know how someone would listen to all this, but so, so I was born um, in, in Connecticut, you know, I'd say a solid middle, um, you know, sort of middle class family, um, you know, my father, my mother, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I guess those first years, I don't really, you know, obviously don't remember too much, right? Except for my father wasn't around that much. He traveled a lot. Um, we lived in Stamford, Connecticut. I had a brother and a sister. And I'd say up until ninth grade, you know, I think a pretty normal sort of like kind of standard life. I mean, you know, my, um, you know, I went to Catholic school. We were members of a yacht club. We didn't have a lot of money, but there was a lot of show. My dad wasn't around. You know, he was working. Um, you know, I mean, it's just your typical, like, I don't know. Like, there's very atypical middle-class lifestyle. Like, you know, we'd vacation in Cape Cod. You know, my mom would take us on drives. I think my mom was, you know, did the best she could. With myself and my brother, you know, definitely had some behavioral issues. You know, I think I was a good student. Um, you know, I think my my brother was a good student. My sister was a good student. You know, like we've all got we've all gone on to like decent lives. You know, so obviously, you know, there's some, you know, there's a lot of positivity there. You know, and that's kind of like that first phase of my life where. You know, up until high school, you know, I had some decent friends and, you know, whatever. Like, you know, your standard go and, you know, this is what, the 80s, 70s and 80s. You know, go skateboard or do whatever. Develop some good friendships, right? Like, you know, your standard, there's nothing in there like it that was extraordinarily good or bad. Or, I mean, I, I wouldn't say there was a lot of extraordinarily good things. Um, you know, so let's say up until when I graduated... High, um, I graduated, I went into high school, what, probably late 80s, right? So take that period, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there, but nothing that I would really kind of say, like, you know, was too negative or too positive, right? Like, again, I don't want to say too positive, like, there's a lot of positive stuff. It was a good, kind of standard, standard life, Right? You know, and, and, and that's how I view it, right? Like, it, it, there's, there's, there's not a lot that I can pull from, you know, that period of my life that was that negative, right? That wasn't, you know, beyond your standard teenager, whatever crap or, you know, prepubescent stuff, right? Like, a lot of good memories. Um, I think from there, that's where things shifted for me. And I think this is where it sets up the most, you know, the rest of my life, you know, is that from high school, so let's say, you know, 88 to like 2000, I think that next period, so let's say that's 12 years, that's almost like, you know, splitting the next, you know, the first 12 years to the next 12 years, that was some, that was some stuff, um, you know, I went to an all-boys school, uh, in Connecticut, 
and I think my mom really felt that I, um, I think my mom really felt, and my you know mom and dad, but really my mom felt that I had the opportunity to excel in in the classroom. The the that four years, I think most of them, I would say, let's say two of the four, were a living hell for me. I was picked on. I was made fun of. I was bullied. I mean, I, I just like I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to like it. Just it was so bad. You know, um, it was like being afraid. I think so much of it was just me getting, being afraid to go to school, to, to go in a classroom. I mean, I can't imagine a boy, 13, 14, 15 years old, and like, just like, like I would wait outside the classroom because I was so afraid to go in it before the teacher arrived. Like, that was my day to day. I was afraid to leave school and I was hiding and. It is so much there, and, and and again, I don't, I don't know who to blame. I mean, I blame myself because I think a lot of it is, you know, generally the bullying is because I allowed it to happen, right? And I'm not saying it's my fault, but it's like, you know, if if I fought back once, 99% of what happened to me in high school wouldn't have happened. That's it. That that's tr- that's reality right and unfortunately I didn't and it was I think those four years I, I mean I say two or three years the fourth year was different fourth year my school shut down and our senior class joined an all-girls school and an all-girls school you're not going to have that same level of boys being complete assholes that it just doesn't happen so I wouldn't say my senior year was as bad but I have to say, before that, it was so lonely. I didn't have friends, right? I didn't, you know, there's not a way to really connect with people. And it just, it was a lot of, like, fear. That, that's kind of how I describe my high school um, tenure. It was just fear and loneliness, you know? And, and you know, that's, that's, it's just it's a horrible way to be. And I think that really messed me up for the next few years. Um, you know, and in that period of time, uh, you know, again, we're talking 88 to 2000, right? Like from me being 13 to 25, you know, so you had this high school period where, I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, who wanted to study? Like I, I was miserable. I was scared to go to class, right? But I did okay. In that period of time, my parents got divorced, so you layer that on top of, you know, sort of the, you know, the the trauma I was dealing with, and then, you know, so whatever. I mean, I could unpack high school, but I mean, it's just the best way to describe it. it was four years of me being alone and fearful, and then my parents got divorced. Okay, cool. So, you know, now we're getting into college right in college college was you know, listen it was three years of oh it was three yeah only three of me just you know kind of probably just not knowing who I was or who I am or anything you know I went to school in the Bronx which is where my family's from and you know went there and you know that freshman year just like 
hey, all of a sudden people want to be my friends. Like, oh, you want to go out? You want to smoke, you know, smoke weed? You want to drink? You want to go out? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I didn't care. I, I would go out and just be so fit. I mean, just whatever someone wanted me to be, that's what I was going to be. Because all of a sudden someone wanted to be my friend. Right? I, and it's, I think it's hard for people to understand that. Like, you know, I don't want to be a, you know, mess up in college and waste pretty much three years. But, like, all of a sudden I'm going to spring break with people. I'm friends with the popular people. And, you know, I'm going out and all this stuff. Right? So, it's you know, it's funny. <laughs> Not really funny. But I kind of look at it where it's kind of funny. Where it's like, okay, I had four years of horrible high school experience go to college you know freshman year most of freshman year I'm like oh, okay get a little bit of a girlfriend you know which was that was a disaster I can't imagine why she, she I mean she must have thought of me because I was just clueless but well whatever um and then I kind of you know I I I you know I'm, I'm doing social things I have friends I'm hanging out I'm like oh man right and just so immature and everything but then, then, you know, it's like, okay, well, at least I'm not alone and I'm not fearful. But then, hey, we're going to give you severe acne. Yeah, that happened like, like, mo- like maybe three quarters way into the fresh, my freshman year. Like, hey, you just started to get your stuff together. Not even together, like, like you know. Grade Y, I didn't give a sh- crap about school, but like life. Oh, but we're going to now give you this horrible, like severe acne. Yeah. Like, so then that kind of brings it back to, well, why the hell would anyone want to hang out with me? A lot of depression, a lot of loneliness, still trying to live that, like whatever life in, in college. But I mean... I can't imagine, I don't know why anyone wanted to be friends with me. Not, not because, of the, because of the acne, because of like, I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know, I would say anything to try to make someone think that I was someone. It just, I was just, oh, it, it just was awful, right? So then you have these three years, you know, so now we're talking, what, to early 90s. So then I, you know. They basically say, like, listen, this is just a waste of time, you know, college, right? And then I remember in my, what, not in my third year, I won't even say my junior year of college because I definitely didn't earn that. It was this, you know, we're, we're going to introduce you to panic attacks and, and everything related to that. And so then on top of everything else I was dealing with, now all of a sudden I was having severe anxiety. Like, to the point of, like, I couldn't leave my house, right? So, throw all that together. I I mean, that's where I think, you know, and so after college, you know, I'm doing retail. I'm doing whatever shitty job. I'm continuing being not a good, I would say not a good person, right? Like, you know, just, like, taking money and spending it on, like, strip clubs because they're I mean you know again you know psychologist looks at this it's like yeah because they're paid pretty much to give me attention right um so there's that kind of period where I was just spending money just trying to I don't know 
someone just trying to be happy. I, I don't even know what you call it happy. Um, you know, kind of had a couple friends and, you know, there was, there was not a lot of, there's, I don't know, like that, that period of, let's say 94 to 2000, it was severe anxiety. I mean, a severe acne, which cleared up towards the later part. I mean, I was unhealthy. I was, I was, you know, fat and gross. And I mean, it just was, it was just a lot of that. And then hopefully now that, you know, now it's getting windy, I'm probably going to lose all this audio. But, but anyway, um, you know, like it became, it just, I, I mean, I was just, I mean, I don't want to, I know it sound worthless, it's, it's not a pity party, but it just, I mean, that's really kind of what I was, I just, I didn't offer anything to anybody, and so, and in that period, my grandmother died, who I was really close with, my father died, my father died, and that's a whole nother thing, myself and my father, but, you know, probably the two people who, oh, it's so windy, probably the two people that I, I probably felt loved me the most. Um, they died. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, there was, there was a lot. And, I, and that's when I say, you know, there was that period leading up to my 30s. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what my life is going to be. I don't know what I'm going to offer. I, I, I mean, honestly, like, wanted to live like that with everything right like I, I and I I uh, with you know it, it's I'm a, I'm a I'm, I'm tired I was tired of living but I was afraid to die right and, and I think that's another rap quote whoever said it not me but that's what it was for me I was just tired of living and but it just, I didn't, I was like, I was afraid to die, right? And that, that was kind of how I lived. And that's not a good way to be. Um, and then that led into, you know, I'd say somehow, and, in, in, you know, with everything leading up to that, I mean, this is like real reality for me. This is what actually happened. Some point, by accident, I built a career out of computers and development and, you know, sort of digital marketing, right? Like, I mean, very easily I could have just been working and doing, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, my I could have been still, like, making barely minimum wage. Like, that, that could have been, that should have been my life. But because of the time, and this is where, you know, thankfully things pivot a little bit. I built a career and I built something where I could make some money and, you know, kind of live a life. Um, not, I, I would say still not a good one, but at least a life. Um, you know, and that's, that's, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe because of, and, and then the next period of my, my life, you know, where from 2000, you know, I'd say on, I mean, I would say, I don't know, maybe, maybe it made up for <clears throat> the previous 25 years, 
right? So, I mean, the next 25 years is kind of where I am. Again, I'm walking and talking in the wind, so the audio quality of this is deservedly low, um, which is probably as the same level of the content. But anyway, then the next 25 years leading me up to today, you know, was just a career. I met a just a woman so beyond my my level beautiful and 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 you know have these three amazing kids and have this incredible life and this incredible career we just got back from a two-week european vacation it's like huh it's like okay so 25 years you know hasn't been you know just you know 100 easy you know marriage is tough and you know life is not easy all the time but nothing major um, you know, the rest of my family has kind of maintained, you know, their health and, right, like there's no, like, from that 20, first 25 years, I can pinpoint all these different super negative items, then, you know, that sort of second 25 years, yeah, I mean, there's some ups and downs, but nothing, nothing catastrophic, right, and, and that's something that... You know, where I, I, I think, I really say that second part of my life, that second 12 years, I think that's where, um, you know, where it had such, a, such an impact because I still reference that. And, you know, I reference that period where, I don't know, like, is there, is there something else that I need to be looking at or considering? Or is there... Uh, a guilt, right? I think a lot of what I have and what I'm dealing with now is a little bit imposter syndrome, right? Like, I don't really deserve the life I have, right? Like, I mean, I married someone who comes from money, whose father has helped us out. I have a great career. I have three amazing kids. I live in California now. I like, I, I, I've from who I was, I shouldn't have what I have now. And I think that's a big part of what I'm going through, right? It's like, or maybe I do deserve what I have because I had such a shitty run there for a while. I, I, I don't know. And I think that's a lot of this where, well, why am I unhappy? Why am I struggling with depression and anxiety and I, 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 don't, I don't know like what else I, there's not much like if so you know how I look at it if I was 20 like my, let's say my lowest point let's say 22 when I was 22 lowest point if I could write down what would I want my life to be when I'm 50 right and realistically like I'm Oh, you're going to be a billionaire and married a Playboy model kind of thing, right? Like, realistic. It literally would be my life right now. Oh, you have a great job. Okay, great. Making great money. Live in a nice house. Check. You have three amazing kids. You have a beautiful wife. You're traveling. You're doing all this stuff, right? Like, you're just so much. Is my life perfect? Absolutely not. I mean, I have so much that I need to work through and... 
that's, that's going to be future episodes, but, like, what else would I want? And, and, and that's what I struggle with, where, one, do I deserve? Because I've definitely done some shitty things, right? That I mean, I won't go, I mean, you know, just stupid, shitty things. But do I deserve what I have? I, I, I don't know. You know, but then there's flip side of me. It's like, hell yeah, I deserve it. Look what I went through. Look at that, you know, 10-year, 12-year run. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm do this. Right? I, so that's what I'm trying to work through. That's what I'm trying to figure out, this sort of imperfect me forum format. It's like, okay, what is it that's going to make the next 50 years, right? So if we did... The first 12 years of my life, and the next 12, and then 25, and now we're the next 50. What is, what, you know, what's going to make that, like, like, I don't want to say perfect, but like, like, great, right? And, and, and great in the sense of, not that I have everything, but... Like, I'm, I'm great. Right? Like, I'm emotionally, physically, like, I'm good. And, and I don't know, I don't know what's going to take for that to happen. You know? Um, and I think that's what I struggle with. I, I, I don't want to spend the next 30, 40, 50 years, you know, being tired of living. Like, I, I have too much. At, I have too much. I, there's too many people. There's too much in my life to feel that way. I have three kids that I'm responsible for, helping them become, you know, real members of, 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 the, of the world. Right? So... Anyway, I think that's a, uh, I'm at what, almost 35 minutes. I think that's the intro. I mean, this is, this is it. This is that, <clears throat> what I'm going through and how do I fix this, right? And, and, and I know if, if there's people that listen to this, there's a lot of people like, what are you complaining about? I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix myself. I'm trying to change who I am because who I am directly impacts so many other people. My kids, my wife, my family, friends. Like, I want to be there for them. And how can I be there for them if I can't be there for myself, right? Because that's really what it comes down to, is I care more about them that I do about myself. So if I can fix myself, maybe I can help be there for other people. That I would be happy with. Right? Like, I, I, I don't need to live another 50 years. But however many years I have left, days, hours, whatever I have left, like, I want to leave, I want to leave some sort of like, impact on their lives positive positive impact 
and I am so flawed. And and, and again, that's not a poor me. That's that's just reality. That's just we're all flawed. We're all imperfect. So I just wanted to figure, like, how do I navigate this? Right? I should not be sitting there in my closet with the lights out crying. It's just, I'm past that. And, but there's so much of that, that little boy or young man still in me that I, 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 I don't know how to get rid of. You know, I think that small part of my life that 12 years of my life, however many, I mean, I, I mean, how do you fix that? Right? Like, how do you change? How do you rewire yourself? And I think a lot of that is what I'm doing. Trying to just talk it out. Come to realization. You know, have some real talk. And I don't know. So, anyway... That's going to be it for this episode. Um, If somehow you stumbled upon this, I thank you for listening. If there's a way to contact me with questions or comments or, hey, you're a um, a whatever, right? I I just, I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Um, You know, I definitely need to... (laughs) work on the audio um, but I, it's just a lot easier to it's just a lot easier to, to to talk through while I'm walking I can kind of take this and not be embarrassed or at home or I can just freely talk um, there's definitely some of that so but anyway that's uh, beta episode zero Point one of the imperfect me and I thank you for listening and I hope I do another one <laughs>